This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, as we begin the new year, the fallout from the Me Too movement continues. As we've been hearing all morning, four actresses have launched a multi-million dollar lawsuit alleging sexual assault and harassment against Soul Pepper Theater co-founder and artistic director Albert Schultz. They're seeking a total of $4.25 million in damages from Soul Pepper and $3.6 million from Schultz in separate claims. The women say they endured various forms of abuse and allege that he exposed himself, groped them, and otherwise sexually humiliated them. They held a news conference in the last hour to talk about it. Here are actresses Kristen Booth and Patricia Fagan, followed by lawyer Alexi Wood. This is very difficult. I did not bring these claims against Albert and Soul Pepper lightly, but... I did it now, and I do it, and I would do it again, because there is a window open for women like myself, Diana, Trish, and Hannah, and all the other women that we have heard from that have suffered at Albert's hand and and others like him. I worked there for 12 seasons, so um, there were a lot of instances over the years of either unwanted touching or groping or, um, you know, mixed with uh, some belittling bullying behavior as well. Albert Schultz harassed, bullied, and demeaned them. They faced constant sexual harassment, groping, and unwanted touching at the hands of a serial sexual predator and bully. Soul Pepper failed to protect them and failed to provide a safe work environment free from harassment and abuse. Well, Albert Schultz, in the meantime, says he does not take the allegations lightly and will defend himself vehemently. Right now, let's go to lawyer Ari Goldkind. Hi, Ari. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. So uh, these are uh, explosive allegations, to say the least. That's putting it mildly, depending on your definition of explosive. And if you, you know, believe people at first blush the way our society seems to believe that as soon as there's a claim now, the person must be guilty and hung from the town square. But yes, they're pretty they're pretty concerning allegations. I'll use that term. Um, okay, I, I want to um, explore the whole issue that this happened through a lawsuit. So yeah. first of all, it's a civil lawsuit, not a criminal lawsuit. So I'm assuming that the burden of proof is lighter. It is. And if you're going to ask me where I think this is probably going, this is not done for the courtroom. This is not done for a jury. This is specifically done for all the reasons that I think your listeners are wise enough to know. Uh, this is this is done in the in the court of of public opinion. Now you go, you got it. Okay. Yes. Um, one of the questions that I have that has not been answered is is who is paying for this? Uh, well, that's an, you know, Libby. That's such a great 
question. I would tell you, well, I want to be careful here because, you know, I don't think I can speak freely on this. Let's just say that I have deep concerns about the way these claims are drafted, the language that's being used. This is a very, very good opportunity for young lawyers trying to make a name for themselves. I don't think these women, and I have no inside knowledge, are paying tens of thousands of dollars to these law firms. The way this works is that this will never see the inside of a court, although I think it should. I think Albert Schultz should fight back with all the power that he can if what he says is true that these are not true, but this is done for two reasons. One, which we just covered, the courtroom of public opinion. This is a very different day and age now where I know the byline, and people will disagree with me, is that it takes braveness and courage to come forward. Well, there's a different side to that coin. And the other reason this is done, Libby, and I think you probably know this too, is because a big check will end up getting written. A big check. Um, I mean, you know, when I look at these numbers, uh, this is a a non-profit organization. Uh, I'm not sure what actors make uh, when they perform. Not a lot. So I'm I'm just even looking at these numbers, lost wages. I mean, if they were making scale working for Soul Pepper, I don't know where they get these numbers. And not only that, I mean, again, I don't know that I can speak totally freely about this because then I'll, you know, probably... (laughs) be next on the hit list of not being liked. But, you know, people should really use their common sense here. And even if he used the term guilty of all of the piggish, piggish things that they say he did, you know, you use the term, Libby, not you, but when lawyers choose to use the term serial sexual predator, And your listeners should know, I am a criminal defense lawyer. I know what a serial sexual predator is. I defend them, which is why I'm very unpopular professionally, but I defend them. And when you start calling somebody like this, who even at their highest complaints that takes place in public, it takes place on stages where he's demonstrating how he'd like sex scenes to be done, maybe he's a sexual harasser. But a serial sexual predator, Libby? I don't know. I think that term should be reserved for the Paul Bernardos and rapists of our world. Well, I, I, I have to say uh, that I agree with you, Ari, certainly on on that. Uh, um, here is another question that I have. When, when I asked about the money, I know that in the United States, uh, some very prominent actresses have, have started a fund uh, for right. defense with, you know, Meryl Streep con- contributing millions of dollars. I haven't heard of a similar fund here. And, and um, you know, frankly, uh, I don't know of Canadian actresses <laughs> who make that much money. Well, there's also yeah. another, there's a flip side to that coin by people who don't necessarily drink the Kool-Aid, which is if you look at the people who make the claims, Mm-hmm. that their lives are over, that they've been traumatized for 15 years because, um, because I'm, if they've been traumatized for 15 years because on stage during a rehearsal, his genitals touched their thigh. You know, I can tell you, Libby, it's not prominent actresses who do it. It's people who cu- curiously, or maybe coincidentally, or maybe because they've been blackballed in all fairness, aren't at the Meryl Streep, Elizabeth Banks, height of their career. It's people that, by their own admission, have left the business. Now, they've either left it because Albert Schultz is the pig of pigs or because of other reasons. And when you start talking about pay and money and trauma, you know, there's a lot more to this 
than meets the eye. The problem is, is that the court procedure doesn't matter anymore, Libby. It doesn't matter. The very nature of the issuing of the claim has made Albert Schultz go away and be forever disappeared. Well, and that, exactly. to me, is a problem. The, uh, I mean, he... I. I mean, you never say never, but I I think, you know, uh, he's ruined by these allegations. No doubt about it. And if you look back to a more interesting and I think more important case of Jean Gomeshi, you know, Jean Gomeshi, if you truly believe in Canada or our ideals or our customs, was not only exonerated in a court. The three women who everybody said, I believe, survivors, which, by the way, is a word that should only apply to Holocaust survivors, in my view, but that's my view. He was not only acquitted. The three women who came to court were called absolute and complete liars by a judge who is very friendly to the prosecution and to sexual assault complainants. Yet he has been disappeared from the planet. So I just have this concern, and I admit I'm in the minority living. There's no doubt. I'm not going to convince any of your listeners' mind that we should be a little bit careful that we're not turning into other countries that we look down our nose at where you make an accusation or you accuse, and it's usually a woman who's accused of doing something, and she ends up stoned or killed or whatever. How different is it now when all it takes is an issuing of a statement of claim, and Albert Schultz said, I'm going to fight this vociferously, but he's had to step down. He's gone. And as you said, Libby, his career and life as we know it is over. That bothers me, but maybe I'm the only one. Okay, well, I'm going to throw it out to our listeners and give out the numbers. What do you think? The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm on the line with Ari Goldkind. We're talking about this uh, lawsuit, multi-million dollar lawsuit of uh, alleging sexual harassment and assault launched against Albert Schultz. And uh, it's giving Ari pause. I have a couple more questions for you, Ari, regarding this. Now, um, is there any protection uh, granted by the fact that it's a lawsuit? Because I know that the the newspapers uh, had contact with these women before the lawsuit was launched, but they waited until it was out in public documents before they reported it. And I don't know if that's the way the the complainants wanted it, or does that shield them from some kind of uh, libel? It does. It's a little bit tactical, because now that they've given their press conference, and we're all talking about it and covering it, it's a lot tougher for Albert Schultz to come out and say he's been defamed or slandered or maligned, because now it's within the court process. So you can rest assured, Libby, this was a very, very clever tactic, particularly if this was a well-kept secret in the theater world to shield them not only from any legal blowback but to shield them from any criticism whatsoever because nobody i mean i feel like i'm the only one on the planet who goes wait a minute i've read these statements of claim i've read them i see what's going on here and even their allegations at their highest i'm sorry three million dollars four million dollars i mean I don't know how in a day and age when we're talking about minimum wage and income inequality, this is somehow your ticket to get Richville. It's really concerning to me as somebody who just takes a view of the world that is two-sided, not one. Uh, Now, 
Is there any liability on the part of the complainants? I mean, if, if, if for instance, these are proved to be not true, uh, do, do they have any liability for libeling him? And, and can he come back at them for he ruining can. his career? He can. And not only that, because it's a civil proceeding. And again, this will never see the inside of a courtroom, in my view. But if it does, and Schultz has the courage and conviction to say they're lying and they're wrong, you get what's called cost in a civil proceeding. And what that means in simple English for listeners is that if you bring a civil action and you lose it, a judge could order the loser to pay the winner's cost. And why is that important? Because the view in Canada is we don't want to have a litigious society where everybody can sue everybody with frivolous, crappy lawsuits without any recourse. So, yes, if it goes all the way, there could be some recourse for them, but I don't think we're ever going to get down that, that road because then you're going to have, you know, the hashtag I believe survivors go absolutely bananas the way it did after Gomeshi's acquittal, where no matter that a judge of an Ontario court called them liars, somehow they still came out as, quote, heroes, end quote. Well, yeah, there were there were different issues with with Gomeshi. I mean, they they but there are, but those were criminal charges. Let me yeah. remember, those were criminal charges. Here, we're not even close to the realm of criminal. We're looking for a paycheck. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's very interesting, and uh, you know, uh, there's also uh, the question. I mean, uh, you know, some of these allegations are very detailed and very serious. They are, uh, and uh, you know probably believable but and i'm not minimizing them at all even at their highest i'm not but but on the other hand i wonder what stops somebody from just making something up if they have a grudge against someone we can talk about that i have to take a quick two three minute break i'm sorry libby to do this and your listeners i just have to step away but if we come back we should talk about that because i have strong thoughts about what's going on in the realm of whether truth even matters anymore. Okay, so uh, we will come back with you. We're going to uh, take a call from our listener, take a break, and then we will come back with you to answer that question. Okay, Uh, let's go to Jean in Hamilton. Hi, Jean. Hi, Libby. Good afternoon. Um, I may be one in a million, but I'm inclined to agree with Ari. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things that popped in my head was uh, a similarity to the Gomeshi case. And if this ever gets into a courtroom, despite what Ari says, it probably won't, if it ever got into a courtroom and it was not deemed exactly the same as the output from the Gomeshi case, that these women got together, made up these stories, and are little liars. Well, I, okay, I, I, I don't me, know that they finish, made up please, those... Some let of me this, finish, please. Sorry, go ahead. That... It's, it's so similar and so disgusting. And if they were able to win this case, then the women that lost their case against Gomeshi should have full course to come back and argue that case again. Well, in the Gomeshi case, I just want to point this out, that, that um, nobody doubts uh, that those things actually happened, but, but the women involved colluded to, quote, take him down. And that's exactly what these women and, are doing today. Well, um, yeah, and the, and the allegations against Gian Gomeshi also were a lot more serious in terms of the physical violence involved. Yes, they were. But this is just as deadly in the damage it's going to do to the accused. Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. And Ari mentioned that as well. But what's, you know, it, the women in their, um, in their interview spoke of talking to each other about, oh, yeah, well, this happened to me, too. And, oh, yeah, I think that happened to me, too. Come on. It's straight out of that courtroom with Gameshi. Um, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure the two things are similar, but, uh, Jean, I hear you. Thanks very much for your call. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with more on this, these very explosive allegations uh, against Albert Schultz. Uh, we're talking to Ari Goldkind about this, and uh, we're talking to you as well. Before we go to break, the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and we'll be right back. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, We are talking about that multi-million dollar lawsuit launched against Albert Albert Schultz, the co-founder and artistic director of Soul Pepper Theatre. We've been talking to Ari Goldkind, uh, who sees it as a cash grab, who says we should be really careful. uh, But one thing is for sure in this environment, and uh, that is that, uh, uh, you know, it's very hard to see how Albert Schultz can come back from this, even if he is proven innocent. Uh, We're going to be getting back to Ari in a moment, but first let's take a call from Margaret in Toronto. Hi, Margaret. Uh, Hi, good morning, uh, Libby. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to the station, a beautiful station which I listen to all the time. And plenty of luck and happiness and peace on earth. Okay. Now, regarding this matter, uh, it's a very severe matter. Women are coming more and more. It seems like so many times I'm listening to television or, or radio about sexual assault. Why didn't they come forward when this happened? I think they're a bunch of liars. No witnesses. Every court has witnesses. Have they got a witness that this did happen or are they just conjuring it up against Schultz? Schultz is a man with money and very, very important man. And they think they'll go through the courts and have a lot of money in their pocket. And that'll make them happy. To lie is bad in court. But the thing is, is this has to stop. I mean, if there's any sexual harassment or anything, why don't they do it right away and have something to say? Not after 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years. I mean... It doesn't come to light with me. I, I, I agree with Ori. I hope nothing goes against uh, Mr. Schultz, and these women should be punished. That's okay, thanks, Mark. Thank you for that, Margaret. Okay, uh, we're going to check back in uh, with Ari before we take more of your calls. And Ari, the women say, I think there was one instance where they tried to complain to the board and the board did nothing. And um, the executive director is Albert Schultz's wife. So you can understand how people say, well, how am I going to report that to her? That's a good point, Libby. So let me start with both sides again, because I always try and see it both ways. And by the way, I'm with you as long as you need me now. I don't have to get off again. So let's go back to what Margaret said, because basically it's me and Margaret against the world, I think. And Margaret raised a really interesting point, which is that she thought, and this is again, and I don't fault anybody for it, I've actually read the claims. Margaret says, well, there's no witnesses. Well, in a lot of cases, that's true. So it becomes he said, she said, and automatically in today's day and age, we believe she, for reasons I don't understand, but that's not my point. 
These occasions with Mr. Schultz, by a vast majority, and people should really know this, all took place with dozens of witnesses on stage during rehearsals. I'll give you just one quick example. He's demonstrating to an actress how he wants her to perform a kissing or sex scene. And the accusation is he comes too close to her by showing her something, and apparently she feels his penis on her thigh. And because of that, she has been traumatized for the rest of her life and entered into a significant depression that she has not been able to come out of. So this was witnessed, and I don't see anything in the claim that suggests that when he did this, she said, Albert, get the blank off of me, or that anybody else said anything else. Now, let's go to the women's side, because I have to be fair to both. He's the boss. He's the king. He's the one who hires the actors. He's got the Order of Canada, later, obviously. He's not somebody you want to say, Albert, get the blank off of me. And just as you said, Libby, you might be very reticent to go to his wife, who's the head of HR, and complain about her husband. That being said, to conclude, does that still mean that if he did the piggish thing that he did, that that means somebody should get $3.5 million, while most of your listeners today, Libby, are paycheck to paycheck, working to make money, spending money on kids or older or loved ones who need help. I just don't understand how somehow this Me Too movement has been the substitute for knowing tonight's Lotto Max numbers. Okay, well, um, Ari, so if, I mean, can the women be liable? Yes. So the way that works again is, but by the way, the answer is yes, theoretically, but no, it will never happen. These women will forever, to the day they die, may they not die, of course, they will be held out as heroes, as brave. The word hero will apply to them the same way it does to people who save animals from being eaten or uh, rescuing dogs or going into war zones and bringing out people. This word hero is what they are going to have forever. And if this ever sees the light of day in a courtroom, which, again, I don't think it will, The only way they could be somewhat liable is if a judge orders costs against them for essentially bringing, not the exact word, a frivolous or improper or unproven lawsuit, and sometimes the loser pays the winner. But with the optics here, Libby, that is not going to happen. Well, um, you know, it's interesting that the the one thing I do want to address for sure is this business about the women being called brave. I, I, I listened to a very extensive interview with them, and they talked about some serious incidents, some not so serious incidents. They were asked, like, what did you do? And the answer was, well, I just took it. And in, in one case, she said, and I came back for more. Uh, no. she, she left the company and then came back afterwards. And, and she said that she felt, you know, she was a bit of ashamed of herself for doing that. Uh, but it was this weird kind of, on the one hand, she couldn't stand him. On the other hand, um, she was happy that he wanted her back, something like right. that. Right. Uh, my observation, and, and then based on, you know, my own experiences, because, you know, every woman's gone through some stuff, though I would never, ever compare what happened to me to serious serious things, um, is, is that you're, you're angriest and you feel the worst when you uh, didn't tell that person to blankety-blank off. Right. Um, 
anyway. Um, well, let me just let me just add to this again. Perspective matters. So the only way this stops is when groups of women have the courage. Let's use the word brave. When groups it's of not women brave have today the to come out like this. No, no. I'm talking about the opposite. Where yeah. groups of women have the courage to come out, look at the press conference from these women today, and say, you know what? Something isn't right here. Give us a break. And that's the only way this narrative of that they're brave and heroes. And I watch this press conference. I sit there going, really? Really? You're, I mean, and I'm not mansplaining this, Libby. I'm simply saying most of my life and people I speak to are female. I think the smartest people in my life are women. And as they hear this, they think there's a problem here on the accuser's side, but they won't dare speak out because then they will face massive public shame and vitriol, particularly if they're women in positions of power. Okay. Ari Goldkind, now we have to go. Thank you very much for your perspective on this. Appreciate it. Thank you, Libby. Okay, and uh, we have to move on to another subject. So, callers, tomorrow is Free For All Friday, and I'm sure this is going to be a big topic tomorrow. So please call back tomorrow on Free For All Friday. I want to take up this conversation again. And right now we are about to switch gears. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.